today on We Here, Lindsay Lohan is friends with a brutal dictator. Real Housewives of Dallas star Leanne Locken gives us all the dirt behind the scenes. And Jeremy Renner has been accused of biting his child. Coming up next on We Here. Oh my God. We're on page six? No. Oh. No. Yeah. Another divorce splashed across page six. Page six would have a field day. Hey there, I'm Maggie Coglin, And I'm Ian Moore, and welcome to We Hear, the Page Six podcast. We hear all the celebrity dirt from our exclusive sources, and you hear the story behind the story. Is there a pumpkin theft ring going on that I was there unaware is, of? actually, Maggie. It seemed like an isolated incident, but I can shed some light. As the headline said in today's Page Six, which I wrote, so I was kind of proud of it because <laughs> I got my dad humor in there. Oh, Gord. Oh, Gord. Sarah Jessica Parker hit by heist. So Sarah Jessica Parker lives in the West Village, right, with her three kids and husband, Matthew Broderick. And she posted on Instagram that she had uh, put out some beautiful, carefully chosen pumpkins on the stoop of their West Village brownstone. Mm -hmm. And someone stole them. Another bit that she mentioned is that she transported those magical pumpkins from places like Massachusetts. And these, these are not New York City pumpkins. They traveled far and wide to get to that studio. Right. They were artisanal New England pumpkins, <laughs> yeah. and they were stolen. And you called the cops, right, Maggie? Uh, I didn't <laughs> personally call the cops on these pumpkin thieves, but I did check in with our police reporters who checked in with our police sources who said no police report was filed. So while SJP seems to be upset about this on Instagram, she hasn't been upset enough to file a police report. Right. And she did mention, I mean, she did seem to have a sense of humor about the pumpkin mm -hmm. heist where she sort of took video of the scene and said, it's officially the Halloween heist of 2019. My husband stated decency is dead, but we will salvage the intended carving. We will find last-minute pumpkins, and we will hope this case does not remain cold. But the thing about it, Maggie, is that some good Samaritans actually replaced the pumpkins on Sarah Jessica Parker's stoop. They read about it on Instagram, and they brought her pumpkins, which I'm kind of like, if you're going to donate something, like, why are you donating stuff to Sarah Jessica Parker? And she doesn't want your, like bodega pumpkins. She brought these Ooh. down from Massachusetts. Wow, the hierarchy of pumpkin quality is <laughs> just emanating <laughs> off you. Who knew? Exactly. But she did write some sympathetic, to the sympathetic fans, on behalf of my daughters who felt most aggrieved. Aggrieved is rarely written on Instagram. Um, but also all of us, thank you. New York 2019 is very different than New York Halloween's Right, exactly. I mean, like, I have lived in New York City long enough where people would say, like, don't take the train on Halloween. It's a yes. night for gang initiation, and the chances of you getting slashed are very high. Yes, and, and the rumor like, was, okay, they're always, this, the, yeah, exactly, Sarah Jessica Parker. The rumor was always that they were like, kids were spraying nair. That was always the rumor on Halloween. I'm not even going to go into the anecdote about when the guy got on that M train with a dozen eggs and yell at the entire train, Who's, when I say whose house is it, y'all say Run's house. And if you didn't say Run's house, he just started throwing eggs at people, including but, the grown-ups. But he wasn't affiliated with Run DMC, who I believe invented that line. He was not. He was not referenced. That we know of. He was not that we know of. But I think he was wearing a Kangol. But I'm looking into that one too, Maggie. Another Halloween case. All right, now let's get into our first story. Lindsay Lohan is no stranger to questionable relationships, but her latest is raising eyebrows. 
Page Six recently reported that the troubled 33-year-old was linked to Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. Back in August, we heard rumors that Lindsay and MBS had become close and that they'd been regularly texting, and that the Saudi ruler had been flying the actress around in his jets and showering her with presents. But a rep for Lindsay told us that the pair has met just once. Fast forward to last week, when her father Michael Lohan told us, they are just friends and Lindsay has a lot of powerful friends in the Middle East because she's huge out there. Bin Salman has been accused of imprisoning members of his own family and ordering the murder of prominent Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Sources close to Lohan, who has been partly based in nearby Dubai for the past couple of years, told Page Six that it's not unusual for her to be courted by Middle Eastern dignitaries. Uh, I didn't see this coming. (laughs) You know, it's funny. So over the summer, this started when we got a tip that... Lindsay Lohan and Mohammed bin Salman, who goes by MBS, or at least that's what we call him, were romantically involved. That was initially the rumor right. that there was that they were dating. And then we looked into it further. Um, her pals told us, you know, well, they do they are friends and they, they were there they said they had even seen texts between the two of them, mm-hmm. um, that they were just friends. But then the thing that was interesting is her rep said, no, they met like just this one time. Among the gifts that we had heard that he gave her was a gift wrapped credit card. Yeah, that sounds great, right? That sounds great. I I know. Uh, Holiday season 2019, I accept. Exactly. (laughs) It didn't even have that like sticker on it, like to activate. So the, um, the, and her rep, you know, denied it. But then Emily Smith, the editor of Page Six, ran into Michael Lohan, Lindsay's dad at this Denise Rich gala, the Angel Ball, Mm -hmm. and asked him about it. And he said, um, you know, he actually, the thing that's interesting is he shot down the idea that there's anything romantic. And he said the relationship's just platonic. But he did confirm that this seems like she's met him more than just once. He also told us nobody writes about the good work Lindsay does in Syria. They just want to hear the bad stuff. She has a platonic and respectful relationship with MBS, Nothing more. And when we asked him, like, is he concerned that his daughter's hanging out with a bloodthirsty authoritarian? You know, he said, you know, mentioning you mentioned the Khashoggi killing and and other killings. And he said none of that has been proven to be true. Yeah. Lindsay says he's a good person. She feels safe. She has good people around her and she knows how to conduct herself. On a frontline documentary, MBS said that, you know, he denied direct involvement with the murder of Khashoggi, but he did admit that it happened under his watch. So Lindsay Lohan's been spending time in the Middle East, but she's been in New York recently. So She has, and th- there was a report actually that she was at the Mercer Hotel mm-hmm. and, and splashed out $14,000 at the Mercer. So I don't know if she paid with that with his gift wrap credit card. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking because we had an item this week that she was at a benefit for the Ali Forney Center and she donated $50,000. Right. So I'm like, uh, Lindsay Lohan is not making that much money off these beach clubs and pop-up clubs. Right. Although she? she was on the Mass Singer Australia. Mm-hmm. So maybe she just got, maybe that check True. came in. She's still shilling for Lawyer.com, which I oh, had yeah. forgotten about that she was in all these ads for Lawyer.com. Totally. I mean, also, she she famously had skipped out on a $46,000 hotel bill back in 2012, which we reported on, where she had stayed at the Chateau Marmont and her bill got leaked that she hadn't paid. So at least this at least now she's paying her bills. 
True. And this is not the first, you know, leader there who she's been pals with, although she might be closer to MBS. But she, do you remember she had met with Erdogan, the president of Turkey, right? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she was doing a thing with refugees there right. in, in Syria. But that's, I, I don't know, that's interesting because it hasn't Erdogan been accused of some yeah. very drastic tactics yeah, against it, the Syrian people. Exactly, Maggie. And back then we had reported that when Lindsay Lohan was helping Syrian refugees, like Michael Lohan had mentioned, people don't write about all the good things she right. does. And we did. She, we, we wrote that she was giving the refugees a German energy drink yes. that she had partnered with, right. which was called Mintatine. <sighs> this was in 2016. And basically... Uh, one a, a source close to her told us there's hardly food, water, or anything else at the camp. So at this point, sending anything is helpful. This is all part of Lindsay's mission to help refugees. And um, so they were giving out a blue caffeine lemonade, which is a lifestyle drink with the tagline "Blue tastes woohoo." What is a lifestyle drink? Like water that keeps you alive. <laughs> my lifestyle but... drink was four loco. Wow. <laughs> yeah. They, my lifestyle drink has been banned, actually. That's why I don't do it it's anymore. It's a life you're living in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and there also had been those rumors that Lindsay Lohan c- had converted to Islam, remember, because she was photographed wearing a burkini and she's carrying on a Quran. And then she was also like trying to help. Syrian refugees and using a kind of and speaking in Arabic and mm-hmm. but she uh, she denied that she ever converted. I think she was just a sort of student of all theologies, a scholar among us. But yeah, so Lindsay Lohan. I mean, so she she seems to be doing better, and she obviously has some dough. And uh, she's back in the mix in a major way. Like I wasn't expecting her to take this role of uh, alleged humanitarian. <laughs> you rarely hear that term bandied about, Maggie. Alleged, Alleged humanitarian. humanitarian. I think she would say that she is a humanitarian. <laughs> so we have a very special guest with us here. We have Miss Leanne Lockin from Real Housewives of Dallas. Hi, Leanne. Hello. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I'm excited to be here. So Dallas is back on TV and we're so pumped. Woohoo! How do you feel watching it? Ay, ay, ay. You know, kind of it's like a memory test, you mm-hmm. know, to see if you if you have like old timers. Because um, <laughs> do you remember everything? Well, first of all, I never remember everything I've said, mm-hmm. ever. Because like stuff just flies out. Totally. So, but then watching it back, it's, you know, sometimes it can be interesting because you can get the other girl's perspective to see if they agreed with you at the time. And then sometimes you can see what people say behind your back and you just, you know, want to do horrible things to them. Mm. And are you surprised, though, when you watch it to see the way it was edited. Are you aware when you're doing it that it's going to be edited in a certain way? I'm, I'm or are you aware, always surprised? I'm, I'm always surprised and I'm never sure, which is why, you know, in the process, you, here's the thing about it. You know, you've seen everybody talk about the editing and I got a bad edit and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But the reality right. is they can't put something in the show if you didn't say it. Right. So ultimately, right. you are responsible for what comes out of your mouth. It's kind of like if you eat it and it comes out wrong on the other end, it's your fault. No one forced you to eat it, you know? I think that all the time. Yeah. Um, and where do you usually, like, now the show's back on, where do you watch the show? Are you, like, watching it with your friends or do they just send you, like, a screener or what's? how does it work? Yeah, we get to see them early. We get to see them, like, two days early so we can sort of plan, you know, um, the timing of our social media, like mm-hmm. if we want to say something, you know, I, I try to make jokes 
of of myself um, every time. So like, you know, episode one, there was something where I was like asking, you know, saying, you know, I'm looking for something from Deandra and I'm like, it's not like I'm asking for six inches. I'm just looking for an inch. So of course I <laughs> turn that into a butt plug joke because that's what I do. Yeah. You're an artist. I, I like to say that I'm an artist. Not to the Beyonce level yet, but you know, I'm also not willing to work out. <laughs> So what do you think like the craziest part of being a housewife is? Is it seeing yourself on camera, the fans being recognized? Like what's the most mind-blowing part of it for you? You know, for me, I feel like um sort of everything that I've done in my life has really kind of made me like the mm -hmm. perfect housewife because you know it's like you think about it, I did pageants when I was young, mm -hmm. so I learned to be careful what you say right. and to articulate. And then, you know, I did, like, I was Miss Makita for a while, Makita mm -hmm. Power Tools, so I signed posters, so I dealt with, like, people who are like, I came here to give you a hard time, and you're giving me a hard time. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> drill me more, lovely Ann. Um, and, you know, so, I mean, everything I've sort of done, like, I've done television, I did, mm -hmm. you know, movies and, and personal appearances, and I... So for me, it's like none of it's really surprising. The hardest part for me is to not take things personal. Right. I think that's right. the hardest part for all housewives is that I think it can really uh, emotionally harm you if mm -hmm. you're not cautious of it. And so you yeah, just let it water off a duck's back. And right. it's easy to say, not so easy to do. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that you had a background in acting and pageants how did you end up on the real housewives were they looking for people did you know that how did how did that happen you know it's interesting um i housewives isn't the first reality show i've done right so i'd also done um a modeling competition show um she's got the look mm -hmm. and um so i kind of like had got already been doused into the flames of hell you know with that so i knew <laughs> like you know how what twitter was going to look like what the comments were going to look like you know and um, so I think once you get in the sort of circuit of she's done it before, so we know that she is capable and, you know, mm -hmm. that then I just got an email. I think everyone on our cast was referred by someone who got the email. And I, I'm the only one that like, got the email. They were like, yes, will you please do this? Right. And is there like for the New York show, I, one thing that we write about a lot is every season at the end of the season, there's always the speculation of like, who's coming back and who's not and the contracts and the way that that whole thing works. Um, and I don't know if it's usually like a way to just pump up like interest in the show or not, but it, is that what it's like for you guys as well? Yeah, it's the fans. Mm -hmm. The fans are like, you know, I think, I think the fans are the ones that really stir that kind of stuff. Like you saw this season, like Erica's not coming back. Right, right. And she deleted like, her social media. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! You know, she changed skirts, and right. oh my lord, that that <laughs> meant she's message. now, you know. So yeah, right. That did mean a lot. So it's it's honestly like it's it's the fans that do it, and but that's also what we love. What especially what I love about the show is that people are so invested and they're mm -hmm. so a part of your life. And, um, you know, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful to have all those people. Listen, send me hate, send me love. Just send me something, people. Right. Send me something. <laughs> so you said before, you know, you watch the other shows. Yeah. If you could add any other housewife to the <gasps> Dallas lineup from any franchise, who would it be? Like, who would really come on the show and make a big splash? Mm -hmm. I would bring Kelly. Kelly and I are Kelly friends. Dodds? Yeah, Kelly and I are friends. Okay, so Kelly Dodds from OC. I would bring Kelly because I think it would really, like, shock the crap out mm -hmm. of everyone else on my cast 
And then and then I would then all of a sudden they'd look at me like, oh, you're not so bad. We like you, Leanne. <laughs> hey, you know what? Kelly, come over here and just like let them have it. Um, you know, I used to ob- always say Bethany and mm-hmm. it's sad to see she's gone. Um, I, I think it would be funny to have someone like, um, you know, Dorenda mm-hmm. or or. Sonia Ramona. Right. I mean, because, you know, with I love Ramona. I always say Ramona's like a, opening a Tiffany's box. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you're going to get, mm-hmm. but you are always so happy to get it. Yeah. You know? I think you guys actually hit upon something wife swap. Housewife, like housewife swap. swap. Where they could oh. have it. Like, because I love to see like Lisa Vanderpump go to Dallas. Yeah. That would be mine. We need like choice. a housewives in parada- paradise situation. <laughs> right. Like oh my the God. Bachelor, how we get all the housewives together for like the ultimate show. They, they, you know, they did, they said this like, I think two years ago, they were like the housewife all stars yeah. and put us all on an island. And <laughs> I was always the one from Dallas. And, um, yeah, I'm a carny. I can do that. <laughs> right. And so what's the reaction when you're out and about in Dallas? Mm-hmm. Are you So what's the reaction from you mentioned the fans like the the people there when you're around cuz obviously you're It's more m- people recognize celebrity. Well, I, I wouldn't say celebrity, but I will say that more people recognize me than before mm-hmm. for sure. Um but you know, you have to remember that in Dallas, I mean what I do there is go out. I mean, right. I'm out almost every night of the week at a charity event, mm-hmm. supporting, promoting, bringing awareness to. Um, there's always for me. I'm out. That's I'm I'm very much a part of my community because I want my community to thrive. Mm-hmm. So that's right. that's very important to me. Actually, now that you mentioned, this is kind of an anthropological question. Okay, but because I'm from Brooklyn, like I'm from New York, I have to admit, like I've never I've been to Texas, but I've never actually been to Dallas before. So what is like you mentioned you're out a lot. What is like the social scene in Dallas like? Like who's at the top or like who are the biggest socialites and who are the biggest people? That, I don't know what what's it like it's, in Dallas. It's, what, are, you know, what do you do when you we go have? Out? I mean, it's kind of like Fashion Week all the time. Like mm-hmm. there's always a party every night. Right. You have to remember. Okay, so like if we have an if we have a charity event, there is a kickoff party. Then there is um, announce the chairs and the silent auction party. Then there's the patron party, which is like the people who've underwritten the event. Mm-hmm. And then there's the party. And right. then so there there's the after the party par- <laughs> where you present the check to the organization. Yeah. Right. So there's like five parties for one per party. We party in Dallas. That's right. what we do. <laughs> And there's always, you know, the uh, the champagne always flows. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Put that on my tombstone. <laughs> yeah, right. Champagne Dallas always champagne. flows. Woo. Don't bring me flowers. Bring me alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> so as New Yorkers, Ian and mm-hmm. I being New Yorkers, if we were going to Dallas for a night out, can you, like, recommend a few places you think we should hit up? Well, I would take you to the Roundup, but okay. that's my favorite place to go. I need to know, is the Roundup paying you yet? Because no. I feel like you're doing, like, press for the Roundup. We're no. always talking about the Roundup. But you know why? Because the Roundup is so huge. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you walk in, the first to the right, there's this whole bar. Mm-hmm. like It's, like, genuinely, like, the size of one of your bars here. That's a karaoke bar. Mm-hmm. So, like... Hi, find me on stage doing Bodak Yellow. (laughs) Um, So I start there, and then across the way, past the bathrooms, is the pool table, Mm -hmm. and there's a whole other bar there. And then in the back left corner, there's a standing bar, and then in the center is the huge dance floor with a neon shape of Texas above it. Mm -hmm. And then there's the bar out back where you can smoke and drink. So I mean, like everything Sounds is like bigger Paris. in Texas. It's huge, <laughs> yeah, it's huge. 
It's huge. So the Roundup would be the place to go. I have fun at the Roundup. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the Roundup. Um, I've even taken my husband to the Roundup. Mm-hmm. We we have a good time, you know. But you do, I mean, I'm recognized, you know. Yeah. That's, and I enjoy it. And I get to let my hair down and, you know. Love it. Yeah. I love I fi- you know what? I, I I mean, that's part of the reason. I'm a, I'm a huge ally. I'm a huge LGBTQ mm-hmm. supporter. And part of what I love and why I choose to go to places like the Roundup is because I can just be me. I can let my hair down. And, you know, they're either going to bitchy judge me or not judge me at all. Mm-hmm. But either one of those I appreciate, you know, because at least with a good judge like that, you know, you're like, girl, yes, thank you. And Or they're just going to be like, I'm so glad you're here. You know, they're catty. Cool. I love it. We got to get to the roundup. Now. I got to go. You, fun. Andy and totally. Anderson went. Oh, yeah. Andy, yeah. Yeah, we can also maybe come. Maybe we'll have a barbecue at your house. You're mentioning no. you love grilling. No, no, you're you're just picking on me now. I'm gonna have to beat you with a plastic fork over there. Um, yeah, I'm not a cook. Everybody knows I'm not a cook. Actually, if you go to BravoTV.com, there's a video of me giving a tour of my refrigerator, mm-hmm. and you open it up, and there's to-go menus. <laughs> <laughs> and it's literally the truth. That's a very New York thing, actually. It is. Uh, you would yeah. do well in New York, Leanne. I'm sure like very you have. Well. You have. Uh, food delivery service. Food That's, delivery, lots of great fashion. I cook like this. I take it out of the plastic and I put it on a plate. <laughs> That's that is cooking at its finest. I don't know if y'all are. I mean, it takes talent. You can't drop it. Yeah, like an enchilada, you can't break it in half. Got to you know, open you the drawer, get the fork. Really delivered. I use a spatula. I do, I go all out. Invite us to Thanksgiving, please. Oh, now I do cook Thanksgiving. Oh, Thanksgiving okay. and Christmas. I do cook. I do make a turkey for Thanksgiving. I make homemade green bean casserole. I mean, I can cook. I just choose not to. You know. I, I actually it. once got also invited to Tony Romo and Candace Crawford's yeah. house. Really? In Dallas. But I never went. Basically, I was at Why? the I was at the Vanity Fair White House Correspondence Dinner after party. Mm-hmm. And I was there with my wife, actually, and... Tony Romo was standing at the bar and no one was talking to him. Like, no one recognized Tony Romo. And he was alone. So I was like, we have to talk to him. This is embarrassing. I actually feel bad for You know, usually Aww. you feel bad bothering the yeah, famous right. person. But in but this case, felt- it was like... It this, was is, this is a bad look. Yeah. So we started talking to him and then it turned out he, we were chatting and they had just had a baby. Yeah. And we had just had a baby and his wife came back um, and we were like, started talking about like baby, mon- complaining about baby monitors and baby gear. It's one of those things where then at the end of the conversation, they were like, you should, you guys should come down to Dallas. <laughs> you got to come over. And we're like, yes. And like you walk away and you're like, yeah, we're going to Tony Romo's. And then you're like, what? We're no. never going to Tony Romo's house. Like, anyway, we never went. But if we come down, I'll, I'll like show up and yeah. be like, hey. Meet just you at the round door. <laughs> right. Just knock on their Your door. Your kid's Actually, like five now. But like, you know. Candace and Tony are very sweet. I, I've They're done so a ton nice. of events with Candace. She's very sweet. Yeah. Yeah, they were very nice. So yeah. we'll pop by there. I love it. Sure. <laughs> Just, you know, make sure when you pop by there's no popping going on. Because <laughs> guns are allowed in Texas. <laughs> That's true. You're packing right now. I am. Honey, I'm always packing. Yeah, I feel very secure. Well, Leah, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> this is it! Thank you so much for coming in, Leanne. Thanks. Hopefully we can have you back soon. I would love that. Now everybody has to say yee-haw! Ready? Ready? Oh, wait. Yee-haw! <laughs> 
As the custody battle between Avengers star Jeremy Renner and his ex-wife Sonny Pacheco rages on, he's now been accused of biting their child. In documents obtained by Page Six, Renner's ex-wife claims she spotted the mark on their now six-year-old daughter Ava in April 2017 and that the girl told her, Daddy bit me. In emails included in the filing, Renner denied the bruise came from him, saying that Ava's seatbelt pinched her. The former couple has been going through a bitter custody battle, with Pacheco previously accusing Renner of shoving a gun into his mouth and also threatening to kill her last November while he was drunk and high on cocaine. Pacheco is currently requesting sole custody. I do not know what's going on, but the past few months we've had so much Jeremy Renner coverage. Yeah, it's actually pretty shocking. I mean, the allegations are disturbing, and the latest ones are right that he bit his daughter. Um, Now, he's vehemently denied all the allegations Mm -hmm. and called his um, ex an unstable liar. And Um, the quote from the rep is categorically not true and another straight out character assassination made by Ms. Pacheco. Yeah, the only thing, though, is that the allegations are mounting up. And Mm -hmm. so they involve like that he was abusing drugs and that that he was violent and as the gun allegation and then the new allegation was that he bit his daughter and in on the documents obtained by the post um there's actually a text exchange right between mm-hmm. the couple where he kind of jokingly plays it off right right in emails included in the filing he says no no like we do a nibble game called Ava burrito but not a bite tell her she's spicy and the game ensues haha ha, nibble game are fake nibbles Right. And then he said that it was from a seatbelt. I guess also in the papers it said that her, the girl's teachers were concerned about the bite as well. And I think there's a photo right in the mm-hmm. in the bite that we published in our story. Um, I mean, one thing about it that's interesting is there has been. So after the initial allegations, um, there was some um, chatter in the sort of fanboyish world mm-hmm. of like the Marvel, you know, universe that could this affect Jeremy Renner's role in the Avengers, right? Cause he plays right. Hawkeye in the Avengers yep. and um, he is meant to, so Disney is launching a Hawkeye series that he's supposed to star mm-hmm. in on their Disney plus channel right. um, on their Disney plus stream, streaming streaming service, service yeah. that's coming out. And so initially there was talk like, Oh, could this affect his role? Would and there were even reports that said, um, without a lot of proof behind them, that Disney was weighing its options in terms of not in you know including him in the series. Um, then some people sort of played that off and said it wasn't true. And now, though, with the further allegations, it's just like they're going forward with this major project. Mm-hmm. You know, w- what else is going to come out? Right. There's been so much, like, obviously, the custody battle, these allegations of essentially child abuse have come out. But before this, like in the weeks before this, he had this app that he shut down because people were allegedly impersonating him on this app, which kind of references that very dedicated fan base of people who love the Avengers. And apparently the app was designed to, was designed for him to connect with his fans. And he shut it down because he said, due to clever individuals that were able to manipulate manipulate ways to impersonate me and others within the app, I've asked the company that runs this app to shut it down immediately. I had no idea he had this following that was kind of so rabid. Yeah, I mean, the thing about him is he's a star who, 
in a way, beyond these court papers and some of the things that have come out recently and this relationship that he had, um, we don't really know a ton about him. Otherwise, he's mm-hmm. not sort of as publicly out there as like Scarlett Johansson or, you know, Ryan Reynolds yeah. or some of the other Marvel stars. Yeah, we don't know that much. And that's why this is all kind of mind blowing. Yeah, I that think this is our first foray into his personal life, really. And it's so damning. Yeah, I think the thing is that with the... Um, with the Avengers, and, and I think movie studios in general, you have to look at like the, these are things that now studios are dealing with. And I think basically, if you're running a movie studio these days, you need to have like a, a crisis PR person assigned to every single actor in the production because you know that something's going to come out on everybody. One thing that is sort of fortunate for Disney and Marvel, whichever way they go, is that Maggie, have you read the Hawkeye comic book? I have not. I'm not surprised for Shocked some reason. That's no I have. <laughs> and I'm not surprised. <laughs> well, in any event, in the Hawkeye comic books, he basically meets this woman named Kate Bishop, and she becomes the new Hawkeye. So Hawkeye oh. is a character where he he passes on the Hawkeye identity mm. to a woman. So in the Disney series, they're actually using that series of Hawkeye comic books as the inspiration. So the wow. idea is that Jeremy Renner's in it, but he's going to pass off the identity to a, a female lead who's hmm. been rumored to be Haley Steinfeld. But wow. um, so in any event, whatever happens with this case and if Disney has to get out of this or not, you know, Jeremy Renner might not end up being such an integral part of the show anyway, depending on what they're doing. Yeah. Then he can focus on his Amazon store. Have you perused that? No. What? So he shuts down this app and he launches an an Amazon storefront. You know, they're doing all the stuff with celebrities. Jessica Elba has one. Meek Mill has one. Carson Wentz. Adriana Lima. So he basically is selling like outdoorsman stuff, which maybe is in line with the Hawkeye identity. I don't know if there's a bow and arrow, but he is selling a $45 air purifier, a Super Siege lantern for $100, and a set of rechargeable earbuds from $159 to $230. So he says in his store, living in mountains at elevation with no traffic, clean air, clean water, and being surrounded by the oldest living things on the planet is nothing short of majestic. Wow. Yeah. Where's he living? Apparently in the mountains, nothing short of majestic. Um, That's interesting. I mean, the other the thing is that obviously, if he's launching this stuff and doing the Amazon thing, and he has this new series coming out, he's probably uh, still in the Avengers. Well, yeah, but (laughs) right, exactly. But also, it is like this is a particularly damaging time for this stuff to come out, and Mm -hmm. you know what his reps are saying is that it's just you know they're trying to she's trying to take him down. She's 28, he's 48. There's a 20-year gap. And I think in these relationships where there's such a big gap, I'm always curious to see how people handle the press, what leaks, what's included in our coverage. Yeah, and I'm sure there'll be more to come out. I mean, and the allegations are are really serious, so it'll be interesting to see how he defends them as the case moves along. It's time for our favorite part of the show. Let's take a look in the Page Six vault to see what ancient celebrity juicy exclusive we've uncovered from yesteryear. Let's check out a story from 1999. 20 years ago, Page Six published the headline, Dave Floors Him Again. 
1999, we wrote about a David Letterman sighting with a picture of comedian Jeff Altman sprawled out on a New York City sidewalk. We wrote, no, David Letterman hasn't just decked an autograph seeker. It's his pal and fellow comedian Jeff Altman clowning around with the late night TV comedy Gabfest King and their buddies outside Patsy's restaurant in Midtown. The late dinner lineup included comedian George Miller, actor comedian John Witherspoon, and the still shaky Jeff Altman. John Witherspoon recently passed away. That's why we are calling out this fault segment. That's right, Maggie, and it was really sad. Yeah, he was 77 years old. And if you're not familiar with John Witherspoon, give us his rundown, Ian. Well, I know him, Maggie, from Hollywood Shuffle, the Robert Townsend movie, which is a cult comedy classic, very alliterative. Do you uh, Are you familiar with the film? I am not. I, I think it's before your time, Maggie. It's from 1987. But he played in the movie, he plays an iconic role, which is actually pretty amazing. He plays the owner of Winky Dinky Dog, which <laughs> is the owner of Winky Dinky Dog, where Robert Townsend's character works. And basically, the movie is about Robert Townsend. It's sort of a parody of trying to make it in Hollywood as a black actor in the 80s. And his part-time job is at Winky Dinky Dog. This is not your average hot dog stand. You know what this is? This is Winky Dinky Dog. I know, I know, and I'm glad to be working here at Winky Dinky Dog. Yeah, it sends chills down my spine every time I say it. Winky Dinky Dog. He was then in, oh, and then, yeah, he was in I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, which, Mm -hmm. did you see that one, Maggie? I don't think I've seen that one. That was also a a year later, 1980. House Party. Yeah, that I've seen. But I primarily know him from Friday. Right, totally. That may have been his breakthrough role. Yeah, and he was on the Wayans Brothers, which I actually had kind of forgotten about. Totally. Well, in the same year that he was in Friday, he was also in another classic, Maggie, Vampire in Brooklyn. You consulted on that project as the unofficial mayor of Brooklyn, or what? (laughs) I was, exactly. (laughs) I was consulted as both... A Brooklynite and a vampire. And a vampire. Yes. So I have a crazy fascination with like Hollywood and, you know, famous friends and stuff. And while I was digging around on this, I found out that John Witherspoon's two sons, their godfather is David Letterman. Really? No yeah. Way. Which Witherspoon went on the show in 1987 to talk about. Which that's is like, amazing. that's awesome, right? Much like I love the fact that Dolly Parton is the godmother of Miley Cyrus, I'm just forever generating a list in my head of celebrity godparents. In case anything happens to my parents, I need to be adopted. (laughs) He also, Maggie, was married to only one woman who he had married in 1988. So it's always refreshing when there's a celebrity who, you know... Can stay married. Can stay married. It's inspiring to us all. Yeah. And, okay, so let's let's bring it back to, I believe, 2002. Jay-Z releases the video for I Just Want to Love You. Parenthetically, give it to me. And John Witherspoon is the intro of the video complaining about how Jay-Z is having too many parties. What does he say? He's like... But he's wearing this amazing shirt with like big blue polka dots and like he just looks like a neighbor who wants to be at the party and is mad he's not invited. Much like myself, Maggie. Much like myself, Ian. <laughs> the world is a sadder place without him. He he really brought his own brand of comedy, I think, to a lot of projects he worked with. And like, what a recognizable voice. Totally. He was also in Boomerang and a, an under another underrated Maggie Robert Townsend film, The Five Heartbeats. Wow. I need to do Which my I research. I saw it in the theater. Wow. In Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. That's right. <laughs> Take a drink every time we say Brooklyn. <laughs> 
Well, that's it for this episode of We Here. To hear the latest We Here episodes, be sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your preferred podcast platforms. You can find more of the hottest celebrity news and gossip by signing up for our newsletter and by visiting page6.com. We'll be back next Monday with more Page 6 exclusives. See you then.